0: To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to PBandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's PBandjoey.com for more information. PBandjoey.com. Hey, everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal, investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and Zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the wait list and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positive slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between three and one hundred and fifty dollars after funding your account. That's all you gotta do. You get a free stock, I get a free stock. We all win trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positive sarcasmcom donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood. It's time to do money. You ever seen that show Cops? I was watching it one time, and there was this, this cop on, he was talking about about this gunfight he had in the hallway with this, this guy, right? And he just unloaded on this guy, and nothing happened. He didn't hit nothing. Okay? It was just him and this guy. I mean, you know... It's, it's freaky, but it happens. Look, you want to play blind man, go walk with the shepherd. But me, my eyes are wide fucking open. What the fuck does that mean? I mean, that's it for me. From here on in, you can consider my ass retired. Jesus Christ. Don't blaspheme. God damn it, I said, don't do that. Hey, you know why you're fucking freaking out on us? Look, I'm telling Marcellus today. I'm through. But well, why don't you tell him at the same time why? Don't worry, I will. Yeah, and I bet you $10,000 you'll last his ass off. I don't give a damn if he does. <sighs> Marvin. What do you make all this? Man, I don't even have an opinion. Well, you gotta have an opinion. I mean, do you think that God came down from heaven and stopped? Oh, oh, what the fuck's happening ah, oh, the house, man? Oh man, I shot Marvin in the face. Why the fuck did you do that? Well, I didn't mean to do it was an accident. Oh man, I seen some crazy ass shit in my time, but just chill out, man. I told you it was an accident. You probably he went over a bump or hey, something. Hey, the car ain't hit no motherfucking bump. Hey, look, man, I didn't I didn't mean to shoot the son of a bitch. The gun went off. I don't know why. Well, look at this fucking mess, man. We're on a city street in broad daylight can't here. not believe it, man. Well, believe it now, motherfucker. We got to get this car off the road. You know, cops tend to know this shit like you're driving a just car. Take it to fucking a, blood. Just take it to a friendly place, that's all. This is the valley, Vincent. Marcellus ain't got no friendly place in the But you insane my fucking town, man. Shit. What you doing? I'm calling my partner at Toluca Lake. Where's Toluca Lake? It's just over the hill here, over by Burbank Studios. If Jimmy's ass ain't home, I don't know what the fuck we gonna do, man, because I ain't got no other partners in 818. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I have got a ton of... Well, I don't have a ton of news. Everything is quite all right over here. How are you doing today? I was so tired. I had to apologize for Sunday. I was. It was one of those days where I was yawning a lot. I was really tired. Um, I've, maybe I've, already, I've probably done the same thing and apologized for the same thing. But sometimes you're just tired because when you're a working machine, trying to make hot content and design new content and... All this other stuff, and you want to be a wedding videographer, too, and you want to go shoot puppies. Well, I mean, like, on video, not, like, you know, with a 12-gauge. But then, any case, okay, I'm rambling. It only gets people in trouble. Um, yeah, you tend to get tired sometimes, and uh, I kind of wandered off. But I got a ton of news today. I've got actual uh, Hollywood news. I've got stock news. I've got uh, living news. I've got class action, lawsuit news. Science! Science! news i've got dig.com i got one that's gonna spin the dreidel for days and i got uh, what's something and then i've got of course more hollywood movie news and then and then of course some original thoughts well i call them original but chances are I probably just copied them from another podcast because i listen to like 15 of them uh you could stream live every uh you can stream this thing uh live every week so let's see uh, positive sarcasm.com uh, it used to be a link there is that a spider on the wall hmm squirrel uh streaming every week facebook.com slash positive sarcasm is it positive sarcasm no it's facebook.com slash pos sarcasm maybe my alpha brain dosage is off i gotta go talk to joe rogan about that i want my money back you can also stream on youtube the youtube channel positive sarcasm podcast i'm sweating already maybe it's because of my second cup of coffee in the second cup of, of, cup of coffee in the last 20 minutes Uh, And then, of course, you can also... So, facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm is the live stream. And youtube.com. Go to Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Like, subscribe, share, and annoy. Uh, that, That scene was from Pulp Fiction. If you haven't seen it, it is probably one of Tarantino's greatest movies of all time. He's one of my favorite directors and writers. So, go ahead and check that out. It is... The movie is designed in the sequences are backwards. Everything is everything is backwards and jumbled up. So, things that happened at the end of the movie actually took place in the beginning. It's one of those movies where it, nothing is in nothing is in sequence. It's really clever. It took me I mean when I saw it when I was much younger, I had no idea what was going on, but now that I figured it out, it's definitely one of the best pieces of filmmaking ever. Uh, I got a bunch I got Harvey Wein, fucking Harvey Weinstein, man. You know, this is one of the reasons I don't trust Hollywood. And it starts with douchebags like this guy right here, okay. And then everybody underneath him who covered it up or put their head in the sand. I mean, these are. But to me, Harvey Weinstein is like the fucking uh, colonel at a at a fucking Holocaust tr- concentration camp, and all the Hollywood actors are the people in the t- in the in one town over who did quote didn't know, okay. They didn't know, we didn't know, that 15,000 people were being slaughtered per day. Just one town over where you can practically smell the stink of death. Meanwhile, this fucktard is going there and raping all kinds of bitches in two different states. And all these actors did was shut their mouths because they didn't want to be run out of Hollywood. Cause they are they are obviously the most virtuous people on the fucking planet because they don't want to say anything. They don't want to lose their movie roles. They don't want to lose their movie roles. Where all they have to do is report this to the police. But are the police gonna do anything? No, they don't want to lose their jobs. I don't know. All I can tell you is these people, this is why I don't trust Hollywood. This is why I don't trust actors. Don't get me wrong. I love acting, I love Hollywood as far as movie roles, I love uh, all this stuff that goes on there, as far as the creativity—not this reboot, remake. Um, what? How did I? How did I say it? Okay, sequels that nobody wants, adaptations that nobody ever read, reboots that we're just flat out tired of, or just don't work altogether. I missed the original stuff. That's why I liked set 1917 as much as I did, even though it was a war movie, it's still the cinematography of it was very challenging and I appreciate that. As much as I didn't like Dunkirk, I do appreciate the, te- the attempt by Christopher Nolan and he's one of my favorite directors of all time. Uh, he can't shoot fighting sequences for shit, but I still loved him in interstellar. Brilliant attempt. But as far as directors or producers or actors or anybody who acts like this punk-ass bitch here who basically gives, pe- gives anybody a bad name in Hollywood, but it turns out that everybody in Hollywood was in on it. Everybody in Hollywood was thanking this guy or just plain out uh, giving into this guy. I won't blame the, quote, survivors or victims. I won't claim the people in the court case. I won't give them shit. Because they were just trying to act in Hollywood, and I guess this is how you go. This guy was... He didn't invent the term casting couch, but he fucking utilized the shit out of it. Bill Walsh didn't invent the uh, West Coast offense, but he utilized the shit out of it. And Harvey Weinstein is no exception. He's an absolute scumbag. He just got convicted on two counts in New York. He's he's probably going to be facing, they say, maximum 25. He's more than likely going to get between 10 to 15. And he's probably not going to survive it. He's already in a wheelchair. But he is an absolute bloated human. Indiv- and, and as far as absolute power, nobody checked him at any stage of the game. When he was starting out, when he was getting big, and then when he was in absolute control. No other actors. George Clooney to Meryl Streep to Leo DiCaprio. Nobody fucking checked him when he was too busy bopping all these girls so they could get movie, so they could get screen time. The only person who ever actually pushed him to do anything was, I think, Brad Pitt, who made him apologize, I think, to Gwyneth Paltrow or something to that effect. But besides that, everybody kept their mouth shut and they thanked him to the great Harvey Weinstein uh, of fucking, you know, all the movie roles that they've given him or whatnot while he's too busy freaking raping bitches in some hotel room or jerking off in a fucking potted plant. And you want to listen to these people? You want them to tell you how to vote or how to eat or how to live? These people are trash. They're all idiots. There's a reason why they're actors because they're not real people. They don't do real things. They don't live in our world. Where it is a struggle, there are a lot of challenges. Oh, it's a, you, any idea how hard acting is? Yeah, I do. I get it. It's hard to pretend like you're somebody else. I have to do it every goddamn week on a podcast. <laughs> But the fact is, why I don't I don't listen to these people. They're hypocritical fucktards. All right, they're I, I, it's amazing. You Ricky Gervais did say it best because they're not real people. They go on stage and talk about eating fucking plants, changing your car to electric, stop bullying, while they're wearing like five thousand dollars suits and five thousand dollars dresses with twenty G's worth of fucking Botox. You know, it's they go in there. and preach equality and inclusivity and equal pay and equal outcome and all this other bullshit while they're fucking holding a giant gold trophy that can feed half of peru they are holding the hypocrisy in their hands and allowing scumbags like this dude and anthony bourdain's wife to do creepy ass shit okay and this guy pumped money into some of my favorite movies of all time this dude also pumped movie into t- pumped movies into tarantino movies including late ones like hateful eight and stuff like that he was responsible for some of the greatest movies of enter of all time still a piece of shit no exception the Bourdain thing his wife was a trash bag as well because she went and fucked a 17 year old she groomed him when he was like 12 and then bopped him when she was 17 I can only imagine what that did to the psyche of Anthony Bourdain at this point because his first wife cheated on him and and then his second wife cheated on him with somebody way younger. This is what trash bags do when they're left unchecked. And you, Hollywood, are absolutely 100% responsible for him and everybody else like him or her who does shit like this. All your favorite actors, all your favorite actresses, all your favorite producers, screenwriters, they're all in on it. Absolutely all of them. And I will generalize it. I don't care. Until they clean themselves up, they are still part of the problem. Because this still happens constantly. There's no hashtag on Twitter that's going to clean this shit up. Some people are going to get checked for it. But for the most part, it's still going to be be the same casting couch, only overcorrected. And the overcorrection is going to make things so much worse. That's why I always aim for balance. And this guy going to jail is long overdue. Long overdue and too little, too late. All the damage. This guy is near the end of his life. He's already lived a life and a half, been able to be a glutton and a betrayer since the very beginning. And nobody said a word. From the Meryl Streep's to the fucking George Clooney's, nobody said a word. And how many other careers have ruined? How many actresses have their careers have disappeared? Because maybe they tried to say something or do something. And he didn't like them, so he made a phone call. And as soon as he made that phone call, all those acting gigs for those chicks disappeared. I can't vouch for the dudes, but I can definitely vouch for the chicks. He makes that phone call, and it's all gone. There may be no corruption in the office that you work in, but in Hollywood, it's still alive and well. You don't know, believe me? Go all the way back to the Godfather in the late 1970s when they t- he uh, he talks about when he's talking about uh, that chick he was banging. There, she was rich. She was beautiful. She had all the talent in the world. She was the greatest piece of ass that I've ever had. And that scene talks about what was going on in the, in the late 1940s with the casting couch and the way things were done. Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe was passed around like a fucking joint. And nobody said a word. That's how it was back in the day. And anybody who spoke out then or after that was cast out of Hollywood. They're all responsible for it. None of them should be preaching. I don't want to hear Joaquin Phoenix opening his stupid mouth about not being able to eat animals when he's holding a giant piece of rock in his hand that could fund a middle school in downtown Los Angeles. They're all full of shit. Don't believe a single fucking word they say because they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're voting for. They don't know what they're eating. They're not living real lives. They're just popping pills and getting plastic surgery and going on Instagram and showing us how wonderful their lives are and pretending to give a shit when they really don't. You can go ahead and prove me wrong. Yeah, I'm sure some of them struggled to live a hard life. Okay, Dwayne Johnson, guy struggled from the bottom, worked his way up. But guess what, Dwayne? You want a fucking platform? Now's your chance to make an example and speak out for the rest of them to tell you how this bullshit, if you see it, You call it like it is because, Dwayne, nobody can tell you at this point, Mr. Johnson, excuse me, Mr. Big Rock Johnson, that you are in a position where nobody can take movie roles away from you. So how about you take a stand and say, like, this shit can't happen. You got 52 fucking movies lined up and 78 Jumanjis coming down the pike. So, guess what? Why don't you make it set an example for a better Hollywood with real people, with actual thoughts, with actual credibility? And maybe shit like this won't happen anymore. Or at least it'll be minimized. Not this overcorrection Megan Rapino bullshit where all of a sudden, oh, they're so brave on the cover of Time magazine. It's all crap. You can't listen to these people. Go and watch them on on the movie screen because that's about as real as they get. Anything that they do on social media or anything they do at a Golden Globes or a Screen Actors Guild or an Oscar, it's just another acting role that they should get another trophy on top of that for how full of shit they are. So, those are my thoughts on Harvey Weinstein, the scumbag that he is, the people that covered it up, which was all of Hollywood, And the fact that he's going to jail for at least 15 years. And then, on top of that, also, he's got counts, charges facing him still in Los Angeles, California. So on top of that, they're going to drag his fucking ass to the verdict, to the uh, sentencing coming up in New York. And then they're going to fucking drag his ass, if he doesn't get killed, they're going to drag his ass to California. And he'll get convicted there, too. And hopefully, this shit won't happen again. And I won't have to hear it. Hope, hope, hopefully, I won't have to hear about any more of this garbage. But you know, you will. You know, you will. So, I wanted to get that out of the way. I want to get that off my chest. These people are scumbags. I don't defend them. I don't. I don't defend anybody in Hollywood. None. This wouldn't. I. I. I set an example for myself. People in real world. The same. I set the same examples for anybody who's in Hollywood. I get it. You, be, your, your life changes when you become a big time comedian, a big time uh, music, uh, music act, or a big time actor. Yeah, I know. People change, but you're still a person. So if you see shit, you should say some shit. And he didn't. They didn't. And this is what happened. It could have. They maybe could have found out about. Obviously, if it if it's a one or two time thing, people may not know about it. But when it's dozens and dozens of people and then you filter out the ones who are full of shit, there's so many left over. There's so many left over that people had to have known and didn't say anything, went out of their way to not say anything, not a conspiracy, simply because of the fact that they did not want to lose out or maybe it wasn't any of their business. If you know of a crime, you should say something. This isn't some project neighborhood where you keep your mouth shut because you don't want your you don't want your shit getting stolen. This is motherfucker controlled Hollywood, and many other people liked him, and they were people who were afraid to lose their roles. And now they're all being now they're all like, "We didn't know. You all knew. You all knew, and you did nothing." Okay, y'all knew. This isn't like somebody maybe cheating once or twice or somebody fucking having a small moment where maybe he got into a domestic situation. This is a dude on a different level, okay? And he was empowered by all of Hollywood. All of Hollywood did this. All of Hollywood did this, and the people in the paper, in all the news organizations that bought the story maybe, if it was there, and then killed it. So anything you're watching, any news, anything from Hollywood, anybody speaking out, like there's some fucking... Uh, virtuous human being that's all bullshit and you should ignore these people altogether and it may be, just maybe it'll disgust you enough to know some of these people to know what they covered up or didn't do to maybe not go see their movies not everybody needs to be on a pedestal shouting out what should be done when they're not doing anything at all you want to help? I don't need your money I need your action I got my own fucking cash. I got my own studio. I got my own shit. I put it together myself. If you're going to be an example in Hollywood, open your goddamn mouth. And not for some bullshit uh, fucking, you know, Academy Awards speech. Where you're standing there holding 20 grand in your hand. Don't fucking tell me about what I should be doing. I'm doing enough. I'm doing enough. You do your part. Not telling me how, how to vote or how to eat or how to think or how to travel, I got I earn my spot, I earn my shit. I don't want to hear about what you do you, and when you see something that you know is wrong, act on it. Anyways, I want you to welcome me. I welcome all of you to the podcast. Welcome all of you new subscribers. I really, um, even on the days when I am not feeling my best or feeling as up for it in the podcast or when I'm really sleepy, I see those numbers and it's like, huh, where are they coming from? Who are they? What is making them want to listen? What are their thoughts? What are my thoughts when I see them and what what are my thoughts about what their thoughts are? You never know who's watching. You never know who's response, responding or if they're triggered or if they're joying or they're laughing or crying. So the best thing you can do, stop worrying about your audience is. Be appreciative of the fact that people are listening and watching and just be yourself. Do you. Get your thoughts out there so that the discussion can be had. There's a lot of noise out there. And I know in some ways I can be blamed for making some of that noise. But the fact is, is I'm trying to produce coherent thought here. And it starts with this very microphone. And the fact that you see all this stuff behind me, all these ideas, these thoughts, these products, you know, putting these together, my little universe here to produce to you things that you can see and you can ask questions on. What's that? What's that? What's he drinking for coffee this week? Where'd he get that mug? What are these stickers? Who made the stickers? What computer equipment is he using? The stuff behind him. What does it mean? What does it matter? You know, and all that noise. My thoughts to you, actually. If you are thinking about taking a risk, starting out as a fool as Jordan Peterson says and becoming and which is the precursor to the savior, starting something new and being bad at it. You got to develop a tunnel vision. There's so much noise out there of people telling you what you should be doing or what their friends are doing or any just you got to develop a tunnel vision. Everything has to be a slight murmur. That way the the thoughts that do get in are strong enough and logical enough for you to actually maneuver correctly through that tunnel. But you got to be focused on what's ahead of you. You can't be deviating simply because of what somebody else is saying. The reason they're saying it is because you said something about what you're trying to do. So keep your mouth shut, develop a tunnel vision, and try to search for examples that help you produce what you're trying to produce. I just started doing a podcast again. I started doing it in 2015. I was just having a beer with my buddies. That was all I was doing, was getting out there, goofing around on a microphone, just like a lot of podcasts in the beginning. But they went away, and I had this fear that I wasn't able to do it myself. I had a fear, just like anybody else, I had a fear that I was not able to sit here and do a podcast myself. But as I watched my comedians, some of my favorite comedians rise, some of them have interviews. A lot of meta interviews. They go and they do interviews. They just they have somebody else to beat, blast ideas off and start a conversation and have a theme. I had no theme. And I had no guests. I had no I had I had no Ed McMahon here to bounce stuff off. Every once in a while maybe I'll have Johnny Monotone in the studio. Or maybe every once in a while I'll have a guest in the studio. I'm trying to get Jessica Rainville and Joey Clampka here to to, to interview to kinda of switch it up every once in a while. But I was afraid not being able to do it myself. And look at me now, a hundred and something podcasts later, hundreds of, subscri- of subscribers and millions of cups of coffee, and it's do—it's working. It's working because I just, I stumbled through it and now I'm off and running. And it's only going to get bigger. But you have to develop that tunnel vision. And you got to ignore jerk offs like these fucking idiots I was talking about. And I'm curious to know who you are and what your accomplishments, or your goals, or your questions are because I answer Q&As here every week. And I'm curious to know what your thoughts are about it and what questions do you have of your own? Because even if I don't know the answer, I can go and find out or I can bounce the question off the audience. It's cool. It's totally cool. So I just want to know what you think about that. And I have also, um, also if you're new to the podcast, themes of this podcast, question and answer and a whole lot of coffee. Uh, coffee this week is by, what the hell, how do you say this? Dal, uh, Dalmar Dalmar Perdomo. It's, uh, German coffee or Dutch or something like that. It's actually pretty good. I was heading over to TJ Maxx, and I was going to get some hair product because, uh, my lettuce was a little loose on top of my head. So I went and got some hair product. And normally, you can actually go and get Illy's at TJ Maxx. Illy's is a good Italian coffee, uh, for inexpensive. And they had a, a, a thing in Dalmar, so I bought that. And it's actually... Pretty good. It's got its own flavor. It comes in whole bean. It's uh, and uh, I, I I love it. It's quite delightful. And of course, instead of uh, spelling coffee with a C, they spell coffee with a K. So you know it's good. Uh so anyways, you can support this podcast and this whole website, positive sarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Also, free stock on Robinhood. Rob okay, the stock market has been a little crazy lately. This whole fucking coronavirus the virus, the reason everybody's freaking out is cause it's stopping production of anything that is possible. Because everything takes place in China. Tesla's uh Tesla's chassis, Apple products. It's all done in China. China. So anything that's being done there has to be scaled back in order to reduce the spread of this. So that's another thing, and then tourism and then all kinds of other shit. And any package that comes out of China has to be scanned. I, I mean, that's another reason, one of the reasons why I don't buy a lot of products straight from China. I'll wait for it to be in a warehouse somewhere in the United States before I go ahead and order it. I like to order American products. A lot of stuff that I order is an American product. So it is slowing down the economy because it's slowing down production, and it's scaring a lot of these, uh, it's scaring a lot of these companies from not wanting to. Uh, it's scaring, excuse me, it's scaring stockholders from wanting to buy or hold, and they're just. Tra- and they're, what happens is. You see a rise in bonds. You see a rise in purchases of gold and minerals and hard material and then you and then other things. So you can go and talk to an advisor and they'll tell you the normal patterns of when people panic. And it doesn't take a lot for people to panic in the stock market and see things drop. But as hard as the stock market can tumble, as quickly as it comes back. And you don't want to be caught in that chase. That's called dumb money. Dumb money is spread often in the beginning of the day at around 9.30 and at the end of the day. Usually at the end of the day, the market rallies. So a lot of your money that you could have lost in the morning will come back. And there's after hours trading. Uh, I've generally, from my experience, the best time to buy is in the middle of the day when everybody's all getting all fat on lunch. You see a, a plummet after the initial rise or fall. You'll either hit the middle or you'll hit the drop where you'll be buying at the lowest point. And then you can purchase at that point and then rally at the end of the day. So I think that would be the best place. And if you are not a day trader, which requires $25,000 minimum, uh, you can always buy during the middle of one day and then sell the next day, and it's completely legit. It's not inside. It's not illegal. It's perfectly good. And then you can you can profit. And just start small. Start with with little stocks between 2 and $10 and just play with that money. And you can. If you learn... You may not understand a lot that goes on in the stock market, but if you learn pattern, you'll make profit. And I did have some stocks. Maybe I'll grab a couple, and I'll give you a couple ideas. And I did, even though the stock market was crazy last week, I came out on top. And if you're smart and you follow patterns, you can too. Anyways, you can do it. You can too. So uh, there's a. I got a ton of articles. All right, so... I've been following this whole. I bitch and moan about Windows ten all the, all the time. Well, Windows ten. This is an article. There's a bunch of from this one's I pulled from How to Geek. Chris Hoffman wrote this. Shout out to Chris Hoffman. The okay, Windows ten. They're they're changing their Start menu. It's Windows ten X. but it's still Windows ten. And if you ever if you probably own a computer, you probably have you switch to Windows ten unless you have an Apple. Windows ten uh, has those tiles. Windows eight introduced the tiles. The tiles aren't terrible. But it's what they're doing now is they're killing off – because any, any type of uh, uh, a display alteration can chew up, bat, uh, can chew up resource, uh, like RAM and all that, and processing space in a computer. So if you simplify the display setup, you get more power out of a computer. That's why in Windows 7, when you turned off Windows Arrow, everything seemed to be a little bit faster. Um, but if you have a fast enough computer, it's not really going to matter anyways. But Windows 10, here's the article from Chris. Okay, Windows 10 start menu. And the, here's a reason. There's a reason I'm picking this article out. Uh, Microsoft hasn't officially announced it yet, but the willing, writing is on the wall. Windows 10 live tiles, which when you click on the start menu and, and all the programs pop up, the tiles are going away. So Windows 10X is a new start menu without live tiles, and we expect it to arrive in all versions of Windows 10. So Windows 10X is the canary in the coal mine. I love that phrase. It's such a great phrase. And Windows 10 is designed for dual-screen devices, but that's not all it is. Windows 10X is a modern version of Windows 10 that runs applications and containers. Beyond that, it includes a new simplified interface. The new simplified interface is as followed. It's basically just a start menu, and that's it. It's just a start menu. It's just a start menu and then like a folder option menu. So for example, on Windows 7, you had the start button and that pulled up all your programs and then a couple options on the left with your settings. And then Windows 10, it was the start menu with the tiles. The tiles were basically shortcuts. And then a folder option on the bottom. So you had your folder to open up Windows Explorer. And then on the right-hand side, you had a couple things like your your connection settings, your sound—if it was muted—a couple and some no, other notifications. But for the most part, that was Windows Seven. It was pretty simple. Windows Ten opened things up with the tiles and a couple other things and some gadgets. But now they're stripping it down, and you know what it looks like? It looks like Windows Seven. So what does that tell you? With Windows Seven still being one of the most reliable OSs that Windows is Microsoft has ever put out, and Windows Ten ended up becoming twice as resource-hungry and a complete pile of shit because the system updates, the malware is ever-increasing because it is the primary sole software of Microsoft now that is out to millions of customers, forcing them to upgrade into it, which puts them as putty into the hacker's hands. Uh, Guess what? Windows 7 uh, quite possibly becoming open-source software for the community of programmers to utilize and upgrade and stuff like that. They're going to strip it down, clean it up, and it's going to be awesome. Windows 7, prove me wrong, is still the best OS I've used next to Ubuntu or next to an open source software. Let me put it that way. So if you were not using an open source software, Windows 7 is still the way to go. I know that there are certain apps and stuff that are available on Windows 10, but it's still not worth it. It's just it's not worth it worth it when they're going to strip down the tiles they're basically just making windows 7 and windows 7 you can put on a tablet you can put on a tablet a lot of windows programs already a lot of tablets out there when they didn't come with android they came with windows 10 and if they came with windows 10 that means that all the drivers are set up for windows 10 which means they're set up to be available for a windows 7 and that'd be cool to have a tablet that ran windows 7 do i have one do i have a tablet yes but it runs android I had a a tablet that ran Windows 10, and it actually runs it quite nicely. So, and they all run dual screen. They all do the same shit. You don't need it. You don't need it. All they're doing is stripping it down. They're stripping down Windows 10 to make it more uh, mobile and lighter so that it'll run faster on tablets. Just makes it Windows. It looks like Windows 7. That's basically what it is. It's just a different theme of Windows 7. So... Uh, we are at 31 minutes. I wanted to let's see, prefab homes, Monster Energy drinks. Oh my God, Monster Energy drinks. You know what? Let's just do a nice, simple article because chances are Q and A is gonna get a little ridiculous today. And I already ran. I already tried to segue from the Harvey Weinstein thing to something about Windows 10. Not really the same. Not the. Not exactly peas in the same pod. Can't really get crazy about one topic. You can get much crazier on the other one. So let's simmer down. Let's simmer down Goose and talk about coffee. The one thing that calms us all down. The best part of waking up is da, 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 da. So 18 reasons this is by Coffee Corner. Hello, this is Coffee Corner. I am your host, Coffee McJava Face. 18 reasons why your 18 reasons your coffee is bad. How to fix it. Alright, let's see how far we can get in this article before I'm completely fucking bored. In this list, we'll be looking at some of the most common causes of bad coffee. I can tell you right now, with this cup, my face, and this blend, there's nothing wrong with this. Hold on, wait for it. Oh, buenos dias. All right, how to buy and store coffee beans for maximum, maximum freshness. How to grind your beans properly, how to brew coffee properly, and how to serve coffee without spoiling the flavor. That's a good one. I try to bring a lot of these themes I've talked about in previous podcasts, but I want to bring it back every now and then because it's important for upkeep of how to make a good cup of coffee and serve really good Java to your hosts. Hosts? Guests. All right. Number one, you're not starting with whole beans. Absolutely true. 100% true. Uh, don't get me wrong. I like ground coffee. I do drink a lot of ground coffee, but the best coffee always starts with whole bean. And, yes, you can get flavored coffees in whole bean. You can even infuse it yourself if you want. All right? But in terms of quality, most pre-ground coffees simply aren't made from the best beans. Absolutely true. In particular, big brands tend to use average quality or poorer beans. Arabica beans and then what's the other one? Uh, Something. Oh, Robusto beans. All right, and then how long it takes to go through a big can of ground coffee. Unless you have a large family and everyone drinks coffee, a large tin of grounds can last for months. Would you eat anything else that had sat on your shelf for months? I go through a bag of coffee a week. These first two issues may not apply to small bags from a local coffee shop, but even a small batch of good beans will start to lose flavor with about 30 minutes of being ground. More on this later. Okay. So yeah, you're not using fresh beans. Even if you're using whole beans, how, how limit how many you buy to about a two-week supply. That's more than fair. Generally, every one to two weeks, you'll see a new bag of coffee on the podcast, and uh, that enha- that's, keeps the flavor going. Because if I do want somebody to pop in, I want to not be uh, lazy with my coffee. I want them to know that this is a good place to sit down and have some good java, for sure. So every two weeks. Why two weeks? Because that's how how long they remain at peak quality. Uh, Let's see. The coffee roasting process produces a lot of carbon dioxide in coffee beans. This is good for flavor, but carbon dioxide has a short shelf life. Within about two weeks, most of it will have left your beans in a process called outgassing. I've had that problem once. That's why I don't eat beans. Uh, Think of it like leaving a cup of – I should edit that part out, but I won't. Think of it like leaving a cup of soda on the counter overnight. It's full of preservatives. It will be perfectly safe to drink the next morning, but it'll be flat and disgusting. For ma- maximum freshness, make sure you store your beans in an a airtight container, like a mason jar. Ooh, mason jar. Or a plastic storage container. I have those. Uh, just like keeping your soda in the bottle. This will drastically lose. Okay. Grinding your coffee the night before. Um, I've been – that. I am guilty of that. However, I will grind my coffee generally right before serving. So, Yeah. Grinding coffee increases the surface area exponentially, speeding outgassing up to outrageous levels. Once your coffee has been ground, fresh, ground coffee is always better. Always better. Because it's holding in a lot of that flavor. Like, for example, garlic. When you first chop garlic, it, the, the aroma is insane. And coffee, a lot of what coffee has is that aroma. With that aroma, it it, it brings coffee from a drink, to an experience, that's the key thing. So if you're grinding your coffee the night before, ever be- beans aren't going to save you from a weak cup of joe, grind your beans in the morning using an automatic coffee maker. Coffee grinders are not expensive. Black & Decker one's 15, 20 bucks and you're done. They're easy to clean and even if you don't clean them, they're still great. They chop up pretty quick, they're, just e- they're easy to use. They plug right in. Integrated grinder that will grind for you. Your grind is too fine or too coarse. I don't prefer, I personally am not a big fan of of full course. I like, uh, extra fine is fine. Anything after medium course, you're good. A medium course, depending upon the strength of the bean, but a medium grind or a medium fine is perfectly okay. But if you really want to get like, ooh, if you really want like some deep, deep coffee, you can go with extra fine, which is usually for uh, pressing espresso. In general, pre-ground coffee is made for a standard drip coffee maker, like a mocha master or disposable filter. If you use these grounds in a French press or a reusable filter with a loose mesh, you'll end up with grounds in your coffee, which is an issue I have because I tend to ground sometimes a little finer, or I'm already using ground coffee, which will make its way out of the mesh when I press down, and it'll end up in the bottom of my coffee. But you can still avoid that by just not drinking the entire cup, leaving like a tiny little meter, millimeter on the bottom, and then you won't take that last sip and just get all that yeah, yeah, dirt in your mouth. On the other hand, you want to grind your coffee extremely fine for an espresso or a Turkish coffee. I had a Turkish coffee at this place down the street the other day, and you know what? I wasn't a big fan, but I, I do love Turkish coffee, It just this one wasn't the one, it, this one wasn't the particular one i I mean I liked it because it's coffee you know it's coffee it's like yeah great I'll drink it but this one wasn't as I was a little disappointed I was underwhelmed uh but yeah you want it to be fine you definitely want it to be fine bad batches has happened I uh, you can get a bad batch of coffee for any reason maybe the beans were no good oxygen got in there and just killed the blend uh it's see roasting your own beans roasting or yeah I've had batches of, of custom coffee that have had absolutely zero whole bean, no flavor, zero flavor. Generally, if you want a whole bean coffee, you want it infused or you want the oils. For example, you go to Aroma Joe's. If you go to Aroma Joe's and you get a whole bag of the whole bean, the darkest roast they have, you'll notice that the beans are covered in this oil. This, the oil is still secreting from the bean, and it's just wonderful. Ah, uh, different batch of beans. You're using cheap coffee. Ugh, fucking cheap coffee. It only costs a few more dollars from that three or four dollar bag that you're buying to like a six or seven or eight dollar bag. You're the whole experience of what you're drinking completely changes. And, and whole bean coffee is right in that is right in that wheelhouse. Cafe Bustelo doesn't. The, Cafe Bustelo is ground coffee, but it's vacuum sealed, and they and it's consistent. So you know exactly what you're getting every single time. Buying fresh beans and grinding them yourself won't turn the discount coffee into good coffee. That is mostly true. Good coffee, uh, it doesn't have to be expensive, but you do got to spend a few more bucks in that situation. There are plenty of good inexpensive roasts, but like anything else, you have to step up. In a, yeah, don't be so cheap. Let's see who's this from. Ah, uh, just checking messages. Robert sent a photo. Let's check that out. Let's see what let's see what Bobby had to say. Oh, he's fucking marinating a piece of meat. That son of a bitch. I'm gonna have to stop by this weekend. I got some. I got some clients. I got to visit up, and uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be in Bobby's uh bridal or groomsman party. So I gotta. We gotta go discuss tan linen suits. So okay, you're using cheap filters. If you're using a bulk disposable filter for your coffee, they probably don't contain dioxin. They probably contain dioxin. Not only is this chemical a carcinogen, it can also cause your coffee to have a sour flavor. Unbeached, unbleached paper filters avoid this issue but still retain a lot of the oils that give this coffee a good coffee its richness. If you notice that when you buy a lot of flavored coffees as well, they tend to have uh, a sour taste to them. Uh, and I, I'm not a big fan of that. That's why I generally stay away from a lot of flavored coffees um especially ones in like the four to five dollar range i just i don't like that sour i don't like that sour taste in the coffee it kind of ruins the whole experience for me i'll generally flavor my coffee with chocolate or cocoa bean or something or whatever or i'll infuse it with like coconut flakes or coconut oil that's how you want to do it that's how you want to do it buying the shit already pre-made you're you're losing out you want to spend you're gonna if you're gonna spend money you, you know spend it right uh, okay, so that's cheap filters. Using too much or too little coffee. Too much or too little coffee. Now, um, on a, in, a, in, a, in a French press, in a French press, you want to let the coffee sit for at least three to five minutes. That, And when you pour the hot water into, and it doesn't have to be, they say boiling, some say boiling, and some saying just before boiling. Let the water cool down a little bit. You grind the beans, you put them in, you put enough in, okay? If it's a whole French press, then you want to do four, I do four scoops of just of just fresh ground coffee. And then at that point you pour about mm, six ounces in and you let it sit for like 30 seconds in the hot water and those beans to kind of get the 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 you know the blending going. And then slowly pour the rest of that coffee, that water in there, and then you let that sit for three to five minutes and you'll get a good cup every single time. But using too little, don't cheap it out, okay? There is such a thing as too much or too intense a flavor, but disgusting is too little coffee. It just makes everything watery, and you don't want to go that route. So know the size of your French press or or your pour over or your Keurig or whatever. Just know that when in doubt, go overboard. You can't go wrong. Uh, Pre-infusing your grounds, that's what I just discussed. Uh, Water is the wrong temperature. They say boiling is actually too much, But cold coffee, unless you're going to go with a cold brew, uh, lukewarm is not going to get you anywhere. Tap water is another thing too. You want to have – I prefer minerals, some minerals in my coffee, but things like fluoride or having too irony of coffee or too irony of water is going to kill the flavor of your coffee altogether. So make sure that you are using decent water and not hot water. Don't boil hot water. Cold water every time. Cold water will remove a lot of the sulfurs and all the other bad shit that's in your water because it's generally already treated. And then from that point, then put the water, the cold water, on the stove and boil it. And try not to use a, stain, a stick, uh, one of those non-stick pans. Use a clean, regular stainless steel or copper core pot or whatever. Okay, that is the best way you can do it. And if you're adding, uh, in my opinion, if you are going to put some type of cream in your coffee heavy cream in my opinion is the best way to go. Heavy cream, butter, maybe a pinch of salt and and maybe some coconut oil. And that's that's pretty much how you do it. Old coffee makers, I don't like Keurigs and I don't like old co- and I don't like just standard coffee pots. I wouldn't mind getting like a percolator. Percolators are pretty sweet or getting one of them sick ass like Brevels, the the big coffee espresso machines just, you know, cuz it looks cool, you know. It's like a status symbol. And try to clean your coffee makers. My French press, my French press, my French press gets cleaned out every day. So, and my mug, my mug's a shit. I won't part part ways with my mud, My mug. So that's pretty much all I want to talk about for coffee stuff. Uh, Terminator prefab, Monster Energy drinks, scientists. Uh, what's this about? Scientists, first ever animal that doesn't need oxygen to survive. You can walk into any office and find animals that survive without using a single bit of oxygen. But they will suck the life out of you. That's for goddamn sure. Okay. Anyways, I want to get to... Oh, was this a comment from Chris Thurlow? I use coffee ice cubes to make my cold brew. Yes, that is exactly... That is one thing I wanted to... Okay. For drinks or coffee in general, if you want to make iced coffee or if you want to make a drink that eventually doesn't... If you're going to make any type of liquid, you don't want to get it watered down. Okay. Number one, for scotch, don't use scotch or whiskey rocks. Use some type of sugary fruit that you freeze oranges grapes you take those you put those in the freezer and then you those can be used as ice cubes because they have a lot of water in them cucumber too cucumber also works any fruit or vegetable that has a lot of water in it you freeze that and then use that as your ice cubes for your drinks or for your teas or for your coffees for coffees uh you use other coffee from a saint from the similar blend or a different blend If you're going to be making iced coffee, and then when it waters down, it's just going to be watered down with more coffee. Isn't that great? Thank you for the comment, Chris Thurlow. Thank you for liking, subscribing. Feel free to share, comment, donate. Love your money. Give it to me. Anyways, we are at 45 minutes. Let's finish up with some Q&A. All right, where is it? One, two, three, four, five, six. Here we go. All right, so we're going to finish up with some Q&A. We are at 45 minutes. Let's get after it. Woo! Should my wife and I have a threesome with her brother? No! My wife and I have been in an open marriage for five years. For as long as I have known her, my wife has been pretty interested in incest roleplay. While it isn't my cup of tea exactly, I have been willing and happy to support her in her exploration of this kind of fantasy and roleplay. Recently, though, things have started to move in an uncomfortable direction for me. Um, erection, direction. Uh, let's see. My wife is very close with her older brother, who is also bi. <laughs> see ya, bi. Uh, my wife ended a, day a few nights ago after a few drinks. My wife got to talking. Fairly explicitly about some of the family role-playing that she and, and I are into, and her brother, who I thought would be kind of horrified, was not only entirely supportive, but vaguely expressed interest in exploring this link with us. When we got home, I expected my wife to make it clear that her, that her brother, Eve, ever joining us in the bedroom was entirely off the table, but instead she seemed to think it was a really good idea. In principle, I don't have a problem with the idea." While, like I said, I'm not into that incest element of my wife's and, I guess, her brother's fantasy, I'm happy to play along if it makes her and him happy. My wife and I have also enjoyed group sex, and so that isn't the problem either. I guess at the bottom, or the top, depending upon, uh, yeah, I guess I just, I'm just worried about how this could affect my relationship with my brother-in-law. Is there a way for me to make this happen without it getting weird? No! No! No. Do whatever you want. You can fuck squirrels sheep, gods, titans, Thanos, him, her, it, what's your pronoun? Doesn't matter. The minute you bring family into the bedroom is when shit can go south. All right. And I'm I'm just thinking off the top of my head, if she gets pregnant, whose baby is it? Okay. Then you got to deal with that issue altogether. You don't fuck family. First, second, third, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, cruise ship cousin, it doesn't matter. You don't do this, it's not worth thinking about. It is not a kink that you want to explore, okay? You don't want 50 shades of your brother all over your wife's face. That is not, That is. there's no situation where this is even remotely a good idea. There are things about biology and psychiatry and mental health and stuff like that, that you don't want to be poking and prodding and putting in fucking family photos. You don't know want this shit, this is a horrible fucking idea. Please don't do it. This is a terrible. You cannot do this. This is an absolute no. There are some things, forget about Bible, forget about values. We are talking on a element, an elemental thing that is so wrong and so bad and so unhealthy for a marriage or any relationship altogether. You cannot fuck your wife with your brother in the room. Anywhere near the room. He can't be sitting in the corner, smapping, you know, flapping one out. He can't even be there. He can't be behind a mirror. He can't be in your wife, definitely. So you cannot even think about this. Your wife is fucked up. I'm gonna your wife is fucked up. And for you to even be entertaining it, I'm okay if she's happy. Happy wife, happy life. Not with her brother, brother penetrating her. That can't happen. You can't do it. Please, for the love of fucking Christ, avoid this situation at all costs. Be the man. The only man. Let's move on to the next article. Let's move on to the next one. Whew. Okay. Uh, There's that one's pretty good. Can I make cupcakes? Oh, yeah. This is awesome. I like this one. I might actually end on this one. I kind of like it. Can I make cupcakes from one of my employees' birthdays but not the other? In the middle of last year, I was promoted to the manager of a small department. At the time, it was just me and one other person, Fergus. But since we've added one more... Bob, to the team. Fergus has been at the company longer than I have. Fergus! Fergus! And we become fairly friendly over my time here. For every birthday of his that I've been with the company, I've baked a treat. Think cupcakes. Nothing crazy, extravagant, to share with everyone. It's also good to know that I'm a hobby baker, and at various other times... Okay, shut the fuck up. I'll get to the point. I wanted to try a new recipe. Fergus's birthday is coming up soon, and it will be the first since I've been promoted to managing him. Bob's birthday is a few months away. Bob and I have been a good professional relationship... But our personal one is not at the level where I would feel moved to make the effort to make something for his birthday. Would it be inappropriate to make something for Fergus's birthday, but not for Bob's, since they are both my direct reports? My desire to make something for Fergus has always been stemmed from our personal relationship, not our professional one. Okay. Now, would you should you be baking, should you be bringing in treats uh, to anybody in the office if you are giving somebody below you this? No. But if you guys are friends or bros or sisters or whatever outside, bring it to their house. Deliver it to them off company time. If you want to do it, who cares? Fine, you can bake or buy tickets or do whatever you want to anybody at any time. If you guys are actual friends uh, outside of the work environment, go bring them cupcakes after work. You can absolutely—I don't—I do. I don't give a shit because the fact that if—but at work, no, you can. It can favoritism can be developed. You don't want to do that during company hours. You don't want to deliver that during company hours. All right, I've seen it. It's just not a good thing to do. But after, afterwards, if you want to do it, fine. Who gives a shit? I'm trying. If you want to spread niceness or kindness or generosity in the world, that's fine. Just do it after hours. Just do it after hours. Let them know, hey, I got something for you. Got some cupcakes for you, and then go ahead and do it. I'm perfectly okay with that. I, yeah, go right ahead. Show off your baking skills. Somebody's got to try it out. Can you mail me a couple? I would... Yeah, okay. Uh, Let's see. How can I make my... This will be the last one for the day. How can I make my boyfriend more comfortable with the fact that I laugh hysterically during sex? I'm a 37-year-old woman and have been with my partner for 10 months. My boyfriend and I enjoy an active sex life, and we are deeply in love. I don't see it as a problem, but recently, every time I have an orgasm, I experience manic fits of laughter. I have never experienced this before, but... Equally I've never orgasmed so hard before either. My boyfriend finds this amusing, but then struggles to climax. I so I think he is baffled by the whole thing. I'm worried this will become an issue. What do you advise? Eh, don't worry about it, it's fine. So you're laughing because you haven't blown your load this heavily before. That's perfectly fine. And you know what? Just be like, hey, he's a man. Fucking get over it. Maybe it's because when you start laughing that your little your little thingy is like collapsing on him, which is kind of making him kinda ooh, ow, ee. That is a kind of a natural reaction. Uh, when a chick coughs or makes a reaction, it kind of, all right, well, you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know what's going on down there below the trees. Uh, so yeah, he struggles to climax. Well, work harder, bro. Work harder. Put on a little cock ring or something like that. That'll, that, you mean you're struggling to, well, actually that'll make it harder to climax too, but get after it. Who cares? If she's laughing and you're struggling to climax, good. Give her 10 more. Hit her in the head with a fucking tree. I don't care. So what if you're struggling to climax? You'll figure it out. Oh my God. Guys have been, oh yeah, like guys have been struggling to climax for years. Oh, that's a real problem with a lot of the population where we can freaking blow our load every time we hear the microwave go off and there's a bowl of macaroni and cheese in there. All of a sudden now, because your girlfriend likes to laugh, you suddenly can't shoot a rope off. Give me a fucking break, dude. Tough it up. Be a man about it. We are at 53 minutes. Uh, I think we are done for the day. Uh, Oh, okay. Hold on. Now, one more question. Is it polite to call a server Missy? No, it is not. It is not polite to call anybody Missy. Unless you're going to call... If you're going to call them Missy, you might as well call them a bitch. It's the same thing. It's not like calling somebody a broad. You can call somebody a tough broad, which actually means it's a compliment. She's a tough chick. She's seen some shit. But when you call somebody Missy, you might as well just call them a bitch. Because Missy Miss is a polite thing you call older women miss they like that it gives them a couple extra years to that clock that atomic clock <laughs> soon to meet their death uh but missy missy is when somebody's in trouble or when you're trying to get their attention for a negative reason you don't use missy for any 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 reason so do not is there's nothing it's never missy has unless it is our name like missy elliot me missy you never call a woman missy unless you are going out of your way to get their attention to piss them off. So don't do it under any circumstances, please. Miss, ma'am, uh misses never with a y at the end of it. It just it was never socially acceptable to call somebody missy in a positive light. I don't care what state you're from. Okay? Texas or Tennessee, hun, hun is a, hun is a term of endearment. Missy is a term of go fuck yourself. Don't ever use it. 54 minutes. We are good for the day. I want to thank you all the new subscribers. I want to thank you, Chris, for chiming in on the facebook.com slash POS sarcasm for the fact that he takes his cold brews and he uses coffee that he made from a time before, puts them in the freezer. And now he's got cold brew coffee with, with actual coffee ice cubes. It's a great, it's a great trick. I highly advise it. It's, it's just an easy way to get more coffee with your cold coffee. It's certainly perfect. um, you can find me on social media at uh, positive underscore sarcasm for Instagram. Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm if you want to be my friend and send me questions or comments. Uh, Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm for the live stream. And the other live stream, youtube.com uh, positive sarcasm podcast. And, of course, my other channel, my infamous channel, the Positive Sarcasm. Go ahead and check that one out. Like, subscribe, share. I'm trying to work on some new stuff when I get a chance. The, uh, the, the spring is coming. The spring is among us. So hopefully I'll get some more hot content out there for you very soon I just got some clients that uh, they want my uh, work and uh, you know money is king so gotta you know go out and get after it plus I got some I got some wedding stuff coming up that I'm working on also so check me out on social media check out my YouTube stuff my coffee recommendations looking for posing music for bodybuilding or physique athletes go to positive sarcasm.com posing music subscribe ask send me questions or comments through there and all that stuff movie reviews positive sarcasm.com slash movie reviews. Or I think it's movie reviews, but just go to positive sarcasm.com. It's all there. So check out all my information. Um, And are we done? Am I done? Do I have anything else to talk about? Yeah, I get Yeah, fuck it. We're good. This is perfectly fine. Okay. Oh, the Robin Hood thing. Yeah, okay. One more thing. So the Robin Hood, I had, I wanted to get, okay, we're going to be doing weekly stock updates because I know the stock market has been kind of crazy lately. I wanted to, I said I'd be giving you guys a couple to get after this week. Okay. FCEL, I talked about them last week. They dropped it this week somewhat, but now is a good time to buy them. If you want easy cash and you're going to sell them in a few days, throw about. They're only they're they're selling right now aftermarket at two dollars and twenty eight cents. Go ahead and pick them up. If you want something with small dividend payouts, Yamana Gold A W A U Y. Intel Sat is basically just their stock symbol is I. Um, buy a uh, Bioexcel. I'm going to hang off on hang back on them for a little bit. What was the other one? Oh. Brookfield Renewal, BEP. I'm not telling you to buy these mo- these stocks, but I am telling you to watch them. Brookfield Renewal is BEP, uh, is, is uh, selling at $52 a share right now. They're up 61 cents today. They issued a $200 million inaugural green perpetual preferred units, so they are up a couple percentage points. They got a high hold rate on them, so definitely check them out and let's see let's see tesla they dropped i don't want you to invest in them aurora cannabis any canadian cannabis right now i would kind of steer clear of them wait for snapchat uh once this coronavirus thing kind of gets kicked to the curb expect snapchat which is s-n-a-p to rebound significantly uh same thing with apple apple was actually off to uh, was up today uh, so yeah, go ahead and check them out. Those are the ones I kind of recommend. And Ford, also the letter F, Ford is trading low, seven twenty one, but they also have a dividend payout. So if you want to sit on them for the long term, they have a seven point nine dividend yield, which means quarterly payouts. So if you got a little bit of money kicking around, uh, go ahead and drop it on Ford. They're not going to get much lower unless they just completely flop altogether. So go ahead and check them out and see if it's something worth your time. Anyways. Uh, You can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and pretty much anywhere else on the internet. I uh, I will talk to you guys in a few days. Thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. Streaming live from the Spare Parts studios, this has been a positive sarcasm presentation. the sun refused to shine, I would still be loving you. When mountains crumble to the sea, there will still be you and me. in the days gone by My love is strong My world it smiles. Your hand in mine, we walk the miles. But thanks to you, it will be done. For you to me, i the only one. the sun refused to shine. I would still be loving you. Mountains crumble to the sea. There will still be To support this podcast go to positive sarcasm.com/donate any amount is appreciated once again positive sarcasm.com/donate